Welcome to the Canine PT Academy Podcast. Business lessons for canine rehabilitation therapists. Introducing your host, Dr. Francisco Maya. Good afternoon, good evening. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Canine PT Academy Podcast, Business Lessons for Canine Rehabilitation Therapists. So my mind has been racing right now, guys. I just got back home uh, from a two-day like business meeting that I do every quarter with my uh, one of my business mentors and a group of other business owners where we get together every quarter, every three months or so to... Um, you know, discuss our challenges, discuss what's going on and figure it out, you know, uh, uh, what to do, you know, moving forward, basically, until we meet again in another three months or so. And I always come back full of ideas from this uh, retreats. But the cool thing is that it has given me so many ideas of things potentially for you guys. And I don't mean just in topics for this podcast, which definitely quite a few different things that, that, you know, learning lessons and stuff that, you know, always give me idea for topics to discuss with you guys, but even different programs, different things where I can help you guys even more. Okay. So stay tuned, uh, as we sort those things out, but you know, we're going to have some fun stuff for you guys over the next like three or four months going on or so the best way for you to stay on top of those is to make sure that you get in your emails, okay? Yes, I'm always going to be sharing those on the podcast, but if you get our emails, you're going to be the first ones to find out as soon as those emails go out to your inbox. So if you haven't been receiving our emails, please make sure to go to our website and sign up to get our regular emails. We do send an email every Friday, our weekly newsletters, uh, so we don't inundate your inbox or anything like that. But then if there is any special announcements or anything fun going on that I have to offer to you guys, of course, then I'll send an email out for those as well and include that on the Friday emails too, okay? Um, but moving over to today's topic, which is actually going to be focused around hiring. I feel like we've been talking so much about marketing recently and it is easy for me to be honest to talk about marketing. It is one of the things that, that I really enjoy to keep learning more and more about it. But I wanted to talk today a little bit more about hiring, okay? Reason being that as I was reflecting as well, I've realized that over the last like six to 12 months or so, there has, uh, hiring has been a topic that's been coming out more and more often, especially when I am talking with some of my students, some of my mentees, as most of them are finding themselves in a situation where um, you know, they have implemented the things that I taught them, especially through the business accelerator program, and it really got their, you know, business, you know, busy and they're making good money and they're seeing lots of patients helping lots of dogs, but now they're realizing that they need help. They need help and they need to hire. And I was in that same exact position back in the spring of 2019 where I was super busy with patient care. And also at that time, uh, uh, I was mobile. So there was also a lot of driving in between patients, you know, to take uh, into consideration as well. And on top of all that, that's when I started doing some coaching. It wasn't what it is today with the Business Accelerator program and whatnot, but that's when I started like the first steps with the K9 PT Academy. And I had, you know, uh, a good group of uh, K9 rehab therapists that started working with me at that point in time. So, 
you know, to say that I was busy at that point in time, like spring of 2019, exactly like about four years ago, it's it's honestly an understatement. You know, there was a lot going on. And I realized at that point that I needed help. Otherwise, I was just going to burn myself to the ground, to be quite honestly. But not only just that, what I've realized too at that point in time was that I was actually losing quite a bit of some potential business because I simply didn't have the capacity, the bandwidth to handle everything that was going on. Like I couldn't like do a lot of intake calls. I definitely, even if I do those intake calls, didn't have time to follow up with those people afterwards. I didn't have uh, a time to follow up with potentially someone who have dropped off of their plan of care or any of that. Like there was a lot of things getting missed in the business that was basically causing me to lose business, to lose revenue because of that. And then one day I just had like an aha moment that something had to change. And what happened is that I got an email notification on my phone that someone had filled out an inquiry form on my website for me to contact them as they were, you know, a pet owner interest in our services, interest in working with us, you know, and that, you know, to this day that happens basically every day. But the thing that was different about that day is that when I saw and I read the notification, it actually got me stressed out rather than getting excited about it. And that was the moment I realized that something was quite not right because I shouldn't be stressed out or even potentially feel resentful to the fact that someone is interested in working with me to help their pets. But that's how I was feeling because I was already so tired, so busy, that in my head, I'm like, oh my God, like here comes another person that I have to get on a phone call with. So then what I've realized that at that time was that I was not just doing a disservice to myself and my family, but also to my current and potential future clients by not having help because I was not serving any of them, any of the clients and my family at the level of attention that they deserved from me. And that's that was the aha moment. That's when I was like, okay, I need help. And that was literally just about four years ago now. It was in April of 2019. And by June, I was onboarding my very first employee, a client manager who stayed with us for almost three years afterwards. And she was key for helping us grow through that period of time. And then today we have grown now to a team of seven plus myself. And along the way, I have learned, you know, many lessons about hiring, about onboarding and, you know, unfortunately, even about firing as well. And on today's podcast, we're going to talk about what I have found to be the four main reasons why we hesitate to hire and how to overcome them. Okay. And let me start by emphasizing that I get it. Like, I get it how uncomfortable, I get it how, uh, uh, um, like, stressful this can even feel for, for most of you guys. Like, I was in your shoes too. That, yeah, you're stressful because you are kind of like uh, 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 trying to keep up with things, with everything going on with your business, but you also get stressed out just of the thought process of thinking about hiring someone. And everything that kind of like comes along with it, especially if you have never been in a hiring process before, which I hadn't at all. Right. But hiring my first employee 
and then adding more to our team afterwards through the years was like one of the most uncomfortable challenges I had to learn to overcome. And I don't mean just that for the first employee, but each time as well, each time there was a certain set of challenges, certain a set of uh, second guessing, even like, is this the right time for me to do this? Do I have the money in the bank to do this? What's going to be the return on investment if I do this? Like it is super uncomfortable, but it is something that we need to overcome if we have hopes of our business growing to something beyond just ourselves, right? So then if we have this feeling where we know we can't keep going at the rate that we're going and we need some sort of help, then why is it that we hold ourselves back from doing that? And it's fear, okay? It is fear. And we're going to talk about the four fears that leads us towards us second guessing and, and, and being afraid of taking the next step. And of course, along with that, what to do about it. Okay. So the first one is the fear. I feel like, especially when it comes to our first hire, about the fear of failure, about the fear of like, oh, what if this does not work? What if this is the wrong person? What if this is the wrong time? What if for whatever reason we're telling ourselves this does not work? So what we have to do in the circumstance, because this is a total normal feeling and you're not going to be able to run away from it, is analyze your decision-making process and making sure that you're okay with your decision regardless of the outcome. Okay? How much easier would it be if you're okay with the possibility of something, in this case, a higher, a higher not working out, Right? And that's a thought process that not only we have to go through quite honestly, like when we're thinking about this specific scenario, but any business decision. And it is what I call the decision matrix. Okay. And I think I probably have shared this before, I believe. But the decision matrix, when you're, when you're making a decision, you're going to be thinking about three main questions. The first one is what's the upside? The second one is what's the downside? And then the third one is, are you okay with the downside? Okay. So for example, when it comes to hiring, right? So what is the upside, right? Well, the upside is that you finally get some help. You're finally able to breathe a little bit more and not feel like you're seeing patients for 40 hours a week plus doing 20 hours of uh, uh, administrative work and you have more time at home and this and that, right? That's the upside. What's the downside? Well, the downside is let's say that after a 90-day probationary period, you figure out that this is not working and you let them go. And you gave them the energy, you gave them your time, and you gave them your money. But now you feel back to where you were 90 days before. Right? That's the downside. So then we have to figure out, are we okay with the downside? And I feel like for you to answer that question, then we need to look at, okay, if this happens, what does that mean? Right? So, for example, if the hire didn't work, what have you learned from this process? 
what could you potentially do differently next time? Or even what work has this person done over the time period that actually has already helped you with the business? Because I'm sure even if for one reason or the other it doesn't work, there's going to be things that this person is going to get done that is going to help you during that time as well. Right? So if you look at it from a different perspective, the perspective that I've talked about, about failing forward rather than the fear of failure, and then you're okay with the downside, then it becomes much easier to make that decision. Does that make sense? So that was the first fear. The second fear is the fear regarding if you're going to have enough things for them to do. Right? That's a very common kind of thing, especially for first uh, um, hire, and especially when we're hiring for a role that we don't necessarily understand 100%. What I mean by that, for us, canine rehab therapists, it's always going to be much easier to hire another canine rehab therapist. Why? Because that's the role we feel most comfortable with. But what about hiring a client manager? What about hiring a front desk person? What about hiring a marketing person? If that's a role you don't feel comfortable with, then that's when you're going to wonder even more if you have enough for them to do. But we got to understand that hiring is about finding someone who can help you solve the current problem that you have. But before you can figure it out how to solve the problem that you have, you need to get crystal clear on what is that problem and what is that you're trying to fix. Right? And then figure out what's going to be the domino effect from there. Because here's the thing. You can't hire someone to solve all of our problems. Otherwise, that's going to be a quick pathway towards a failed partnership with that employee. So what you're going to have to do is be clear on what are the top two to three things that you're going to need them to focus on. And the rest is the rest. The rest, you know, they can still help with other things, but it's not going to be the main thing. Right? Let me give you an example. So that very first employee that I mentioned, our client manager. The main role that she was hired for, and I was very crystal clear about that during the hiring and interview process, was the phone conversations with potential new clients, streamlining our nurturing system, and organizing some of our operational processes. Those are the three main things. Why? Because I didn't have time to talk on the phone and I was never an organized person. So I hadn't streamlined and put our nurturing system and some of our operations in an organized, systematic kind of way. And I needed someone to do that. Now, those are the priorities. And then there were other tasks that I needed her to get done, which we had conversations about that ahead of time as well. Like, you know, chasing veterinary records, getting veterinary referrals, helping put together a brochure here, uh, uh, you know, like, uh, like something there. But the other things were the priorities and these other tasks was just something else on top of it. 
And ideally, and we had, I had the conversation with that person from the get-go, those will be tasks, <coughs> excuse me, those will be tasks that once we continue to grow, I would bring someone else who could take all over those things. I could bring a more traditional front desk person to take over some of that. And that's what happened. About a year later or so, we hire then a front desk person. Right? So don't be afraid thinking that you don't have enough for them to do. It might feel like you don't, but the one thing I tell my mentees who feel this way, because sometimes people tell them, it's like, oh, friend, I need help. And I was like, okay, cool. Um, what kind of help do you need? It's like, I need help for just about 10 to 15 hours a week. You know, and I'm like, okay, cool. Let's do this. Write down on a piece of paper all the things you want to help with. And they start writing down all the things they need help with. And then I ask them to tell me after they can look at that piece of paper and see how many things they want this uh, hire to help them with. How much time a week do you think it's going to take them? And nine out of ten times, they're like, oh yeah, I need a full-time person. Because it's a lot of things that I'm going to be asking this person to do. Right? But putting those things on paper, putting those things in writing, it helps put into perspective how much you can offload to someone else. So then you can focus on doing the thing that you want to do. Which for the majority of you, of course, is going to be to see patients. You can focus on seeing patients. You can focus on getting them better while they can help run the business for you, for example. Okay? Then the third fear is going to be in regards to making an emotional rather than logical decision. Okay? And it does tie up a little bit to the second fear in terms of like, are we going to have enough of them to do? But then we feel like, oh, this is just an emotional decision because of the fact that I just feel overwhelmed, I just feel busy, and I can't think straight right now, which, of course, is very valid, right? When we feel overwhelmed, when we feel stressed out, we can't think as clear, as straight as we normally can. So how do we mitigate that? By tracking and looking at our numbers and our finances. And those who know me a little bit better know that I am a stickler for that. We need to be tracking how our business is doing. We need to know the numbers. We need to know the basic metrics and key performance indicators. And have a post on the finance and the budget of the business so we can know what the problem is and we can figure it out how to best find a solution to that problem. Now, I get it as well how challenging that can be when you are a one-person show and you're trying to grow a business, you're trying to see patients, and then I'm asking you to do this on top of that. But once again, that can be a test that this person can potentially help you with too. But the thing is that we can't make sound and clear decisions without having a grasp on our numbers. And once we start getting busy... I've seen this over and over and over again, including with myself. I'm not removing myself away from it. That once you get really busy seeing patients, the first thing we stop doing is tracking these numbers. Why? Because it's boring. Because it's tedious. It's annoying. 
and we'll rather be doing the fun stuff, which of course is helping the dogs and seeing the dogs. But I promise you that if there is one thing, if I had to tell you the one main thing that you can do to become more comfortable with making any decision in your business, not just hiring, but any decision in your business, is actually having a good pulse on your numbers. The thing is that numbers don't lie, and they will tell you the trend of your business, which in turn is going to give you guidance as to what you need to do, what you need to solve, which way to go. Okay, and that's something that is very important. And it's not just about, you know, come tax season once a year, we look with our accountant to see how the business did the previous year because that's too late. That's trying to change the outcome of a game after the game has ended. No, we got to have real time numbers. We got to be able to look at the middle of the month. You gotta be able on uh, May 15th, look at the trend between May 1st and May 15th and see are we on track by the end of this month to meet our goals. If we're not, why is that? And if we're not, what can we do about it to potentially get us closer to it right away? Same thing with a quarter, right? But if we wait a whole year, and see our accountant tell us how our taxes are looking like, the game is already over. There's nothing else you can do about that anymore. Okay? And then the fourth and final fear is if you're going to get the return on investment on this hire. And that's a very common question. And I feel even more common for us when it comes to hiring an administrative staff rather than a, uh, another therapist, okay? Bef because what we tend to think is that, well, it's easy for me to calculate an ROI on another therapist because I can calculate how many sessions they're gonna be seeing over a certain period of time and see how much is that revenue. And that's the return on investment. But with an administrative staff, it's different. Because we tend to think that, oh, administrative staff are not generating revenue, right? And I've heard people telling me that, oh, but administrative staff is not generating revenue. And I had a whole episode <clears throat> where I talked a little bit more about this when I was discussing who we should hire first. So if you haven't listened back to it, go back and give it a listen. I can't remember right now which episode it is, right? But we tend to think that administrative staff is not generating revenue. And honestly, we need to let go of that false belief because they do generate revenue right they're the ones who make sure that the clinic is running how it should run they're the ones who make sure that payments are getting collected they're the ones making sure that patients are getting on the schedule they're the ones making sure that new leads are getting nurtured and booked for an evaluation they're the ones who are making sure that you're doing uh, your community events that you are uh, uh, making sure that your google listing is uh, updated that your social media posts are going out so to think that they're not generating revenue is a big false belief not only that the one thing that i also want you to understand is that for any hire that you bring, your return on investment 
is not necessarily going to be about the money that that person is going to generate for your business, but it's going to be about the time that you now have just bought back that is going to allow you to focus on the things that you have been neglecting due to the fact that you've been so busy. Things that you've been meaning to do to help grow the business, but it has been sitting on your to-do list for the last 3, 6, 12 months, 3 years, 5 years. Things that you're like, oh, if I had the time to do this, I would love to prioritize it because I know it's going to help the business. But you're just so busy with the day-to-day of things that you're just not able to get to those things. Like I'm sure all of you guys have those ideas on what that is for you. Right? What would you be working on for the next three to six months if you had an extra 10, 15 hours a week to do so? I bet there's going to be a list of things that are going to allow you to grow your business. Right? For example, going back to early 2020 when I brought my first therapist, then I had some time to revamp our website that I had been meaning to do for a while, but haven't gotten around to do it, right? That, that's one example. Another example was when our marketing coordinator came on board the summer of last year. Then we had the time now to build a website for the K9 PT Academy, to start this podcast in August of last year, amongst other things. Projects that I have wanted to get done at least for a couple years prior, but I never could get those done because I just did not have the time. Right? So that's going to be where your ROI is going to come from. It's going to come from what are you going to be doing with those hours that you just bought back that then are going to allow you to either grow the business if that's what you want, or it doesn't even have to be that. It can be buying back your time so you can do whatever you want with it. So you can be, so you can spend more time with your family. You can spend more time with your kids, with your partner. So you can travel a little bit more. Whatever it might be. But that's where your ROI is going to come from. Alright, so hopefully this is helpful to you all. And not just for the folks who know they need to hire their first employee and are feeling scared about it but also for those of you who have hired many folks before but you understand that this is a process there's not going to be oh once i hire my first person i got it now i know how to hire no it's you're just always going to be working towards becoming better at it with hiring with onboarding with retention with all that comes along with it with being a leader Just like anything else, it's going to come with practice. And it is going to come along with making mistakes. Because you're not going to get get everything right all the time. And that's okay. There is a chance that whoever you hire might not work out. And that's okay. As long as you went through the decision matrix and you're okay with the downside. And you made sure that you're okay you know, with the finances and stuff and you know your numbers and you understand the, what the role entails and how they can help you continue to build and move forward, 
then even if it doesn't work out, you're going to be okay because you're going to have learned from it. And you're just going to get back on the saddle and keep moving forward. And if you feel stuck with this thought process, then please go ahead and reach out. Please go ahead and follow the link in the show notes and book a strategy call with me. And we can get on a quick call and I can help you figure it out how to get unstuck. Thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of the K9 PT Academy podcast, Business Lessons for K9 Rehabilitation Therapist. If you enjoyed what we had to say, please make sure to share or subscribe to our podcast or even leave us a review. You can also email us at hello at k9ptacademy.com. That's hello at k9ptacademy.com with any questions or suggestions. And go to k9ptacademy.com to find more resources and content, including our fee calculator spreadsheet, which is absolutely free and will help you determine how much you should be charging for your sessions. Because let's face it, determining what we should be charging is one of the biggest struggles we have as business owners in the canine rehabilitation field. You can also find all of that information and more under the show notes. Finally, I would just like to add a disclaimer that any of my thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are mine and mine alone, and in no way reflect the opinion or position of any other organization or company I may be associated with. Thank you for listening, and remember, if you're not having fun and enjoying life or running your business, then what's the point in doing so? So please go ahead and start having some fun.